This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. Today's episode is going to be all about line cooking and how to survive as a line cook, so stay tuned. So first, let's start with an update. What have I been up to this past week? Well, I've had a busy week. Along with Aaron Blue Dorn and Chef Junior Borges, we did a little grill-out cooking earlier in the week for the Flaming Lips concert VIP in Austin, Texas, on Willie Nelson's Luck Reunion Ranch. So that was pretty fun. Get to cook with a couple of legendary chefs right there. Later on during the week, we had the Career Arts Culinary Conference for students. That was um, put on by the Texas Food and Wine Alliance, and I was not only hosting a panel on cooking your culture with some great chefs here locally in Austin, but I also did a demonstration on how to butcher fish for a bunch of students and emceeing the event. Overall, it was a great event, and I think it's important for chefs when you've attained a certain level of experience to be able to give back and mentor and shape the minds of future culinarians and young chefs. So anyway, that's kind of why P- Chef's PSA podcast came into existence is because I wanted to give back. And some of the things I do on the side are giving back to others. Anyway, so today's episode, how to survive as a line cook, which I had the idea recently that I wanted to write another book. I, I enjoyed writing the Culinary Leadership Fundamentals book as much as I enjoyed writing the How Not to Be the Biggest Idiot in the Kitchen. And I thought to myself, I want to write something and I'm not sure what, what I want to write next. And I thought about, you know, kind of chef mindset. Um, but then I also thought about how to survive as a line cook, like a, a line cook survival manual. So I'm announcing that here today. I'm going to write that book. I haven't even um, started writing it. So I'll start writing as soon as I've done recording this podcast. So today's episode is going to kind of be some thoughts that I have around the book and things that as a new line cook, you should know when you're new. When you go into the job, how do you set up? What are the important things that you need to look out for? How to behave? Anyway, let's talk about that. And this might be a two-part series. We'll see how many I could get through within the right amount of time. But let's start with the most important thing. When you start a new job, how do you set up and open on your station? And by the way, I should say that you don't have to agree with everything that I say. I'm giving you information so you're going to have a different perspective. But as I've always said in other podcasts, and as I say on Chef's PSA many times, the right way to do it is the way that they do it in your kitchen. So if I'm telling you something and your chef is telling you something else, always defer to your chef that you work for because they pay you, I don't. I'm giving you advice if there is no standard. If there is no standard, this is a good place to begin. However, if you have a standard that you already work off of, use that, use your own experience, use the chefs around you if they show you something specifically how they do it, where you're at, then you should always follow that. I'm just giving you another example. I'm giving you examples based on how I've run my kitchens previously or how I have done things in the past or things that I've learned from other great chefs that have mentored me or I've happened to be around. So 
keep that in mind. That's what Chef's PSA is all about. Ultimately, as I talk about in the first book, the most important Chef's PSA is do it how your chef wants you to do it. So regardless of what's said here, always do it the way your chef wants you to do it. That's the most important Chef's PSA. But like I said, if there's no standard, this is a good place to begin. So anyway, let's talk about opening and setting up your prep list. So as a line cook, you go in, I would advise you show up early. And when I say early, I don't mean like show up three hours off the clock. I'm just talking about, you know, if your scheduled shift is at 2 p.m. and you like to drink a cup of coffee before you get on the line and you want to talk to your friends. And if all of that takes you 10 minutes before you're on your station, then show up 10 minutes prior to 2 p.m. Basically, what I'm saying is be work ready at the time your shift starts, right? Be completely awake and ready, as I like to say, focused and ready to do the job. So when your shift starts, let's just say it's 2 p.m., don't go get a coffee at 2 p.m. Start working at 2 p.m. That's the most important thing to do. First thing I would do when I get there is obviously make a quick ocular assessment, see what's low, this, that, and the other. Uh, communicate. If, if you're doing a pass-off with someone else, maybe talk to them and see, hey, what do you low on? What do you, we need? What, what are we working on? Connect with your chef. Uh, shake in with all the other cooks. Um, acknowledge that you're present and that you're at work. And then get after it. Find out what you need to know. How many reservations? Maybe you do a pre-shift there. Maybe all that's communicated, but maybe it's not. So find out what the night looks like for you. How many guests are you going to have? Are they VIP? PX, whatever language that you use. PPX, soignee, whatever it is that's being used in your kitchen, find out who's coming in and what you have going on. Start setting up your line. Make sure you have towels. Make sure your towels are folded. Make sure you have a finishing station, meaning you have salt, pepper, butter, maybe some minced shallots. I don't know, fresh herbs, whatever all that is. Make Look, make sure you have that. Make sure you have a cutting board. Make sure your knife is sharp. Make sure you have pots and pans. Make sure that if you have a station that requires you to boil things, make sure you put your pot of boiling water. If you have pasta, for example, and you need to set up a pasta station of boiling water, make sure you salt the water. Make sure you taste the water to make sure it's as salty as you need it. You know, I think a lot of people forget that you're supposed to actually taste your blanching water, your pasta water to make sure that it is seasoned correctly. You're, if you don't know how salty it's supposed to be, as, uh, as the expression goes, how salty is it supposed to be? As salty as the ocean, right? So anyway, make sure all that's done. Then start writing your prep list. Now, I, I did a video on this the other day, and I talked about how I organize myself as a as a cook, if I was going to write a prep list. And I always start with the most important thing on the plate first. So the example I used in the video was, let's say you have a steak and that steak has mashed potatoes, asparagus, compound butter, and chives. I would start with make sure that you have steaks. So make sure you have the protein because if you run out of compound butter, you could still sell the steak and everything else. If you run out of chives, you could still sell the steak. If you run out of mashed potatoes, maybe you could substitute something else. If you run out of asparagus, maybe you could substitute something else. But if you run out of steak, the dish is done. It's 86, right? You can't sell the dish if the main thing is not there. So I'm using steak as an example, but maybe it's a pasta, right? If you don't have the pasta, let's say it's pasta carbonara. If you don't have the pasta, well, it doesn't matter if you have eggs and guanciale or pancetta or whatever else, pecorino or parmesan. It doesn't matter if you don't have the pasta, you're not going to sell the dish and you're not going to be able to roll the pasta to order most likely, right? So look at the dish and specifically what is the most important thing on the dish? So in this case, let's just say it's the protein. Then next after that, what is the next most important thing? A lot of times it's, it's um, the starch. 
um, the rice, the potatoes, usually because those take the longest to prepare. And then it might be the garnishes. So your chives, your herbs, your flowers, your microgreens, whatever the case may be. Look at it like that way. Now, when I say it's a steak, obviously it might be a chicken. It might be a duck. It might be whatever fish, whatever the case may be, you know, your restaurant, but always start with the most important thing on the plate first. Make sure you have that because without that thing, the dish cannot be sold. That's how I organize my prep list. And I think that's a good rule of thumb. Things that are the least important on your prep list are the things that if shit hits the fan and you have to make it to order, you can do it to order. So an example would be like, let's say you don't have cubed butter, but you have a block of butter. Well, don't worry about cubing it. Cubing the butter is less important than making sure you have steaks, right? Because if push comes to shove, you could dice your butter to order, but you can't butcher your steak to order if you don't have it, right? I, I mean, I guess you could, but it's just not practical. It's more practical to dice some butter or snip some chives or pull some plushes of small herbs or whatever the case may be. So think about that. What is the most important thing? And then work your prep list out that way. I like to, I'm a big fan of writing prep list down. Um, maybe you're a clipboard person and you know, you have a, a checklist or maybe you're, you're a list person, or maybe you're a visual person, whatever the case may be, make sure you have a method which identifies how much you need for service. Now, um, a lot of restaurants, I know restaurants that I've worked at, you could put uh, counts inside the computer system. So let's just say you have three different proteins. Let's say you have chicken, duck, and, and a New York strip. And you'd go to the computer and you say, okay, we're starting out with 20 of these, 20 of these, and 20 of these, right? Because you're able to communicate that to the service team. So they know as they start selling it, it counts down. It'll automatically 86 it in, in, um, in the computer system. So it's important to that you're able to communicate that early to the front of the house team, to the service team, what they have and what they don't have. So identify what that is, get your station set prepped, ready for food. Moving on. By the way, when you're setting up your station, I know I've done chef's PSA on this, is don't mix your salt and pepper. That's stupid hack stuff. And I, I get frustrated because sometimes people want to argue with me and say, well, it has its place. You know, what about barbecue? Yes, of course it has its place. Everything has its place. There's always an exception to the rule for something. But the fact of the matter remains, in 90% or maybe even 99% of most kitchens, there is no place for mixed salt and pepper. The 1% is the exception to the rule. Now, if you work in that 1% place, you don't have to argue with me. I get it. You work in the 1% place. But ask yourself, are you in that 1% place or are you just being lazy or do you not know better? Anyway, fresh ground black pepper. I use uh, Peugeot pepper mill because I'm a snob and I use telecherry peppercorns. From a salt standpoint, you know, you pick. Some people are Morton's kosher salt. Some people are diamond crystal. Other people are, you know, I don't know, some off-brand. Maybe you have finishing salt on your station. Regardless, make sure you have it all. Next thing, if you're a new line cook, work cleaner. Don't wipe things on the floor. You know, if, if you have an opportunity to wipe things in your hand and then throw that in the trash, or maybe wipe it onto a little tray and throw that in the trash, just, just be efficient. Working clean is the sign of a high level cook. So the cleaner that you work, the more efficient you will be and the more headspace you'll have to just be efficient and clear your mind so that you could focus on the task at hand, which is cooking and making sure that the, the tickets are going out in a smooth and orderly fashion. Something I used to say in the kitchen was I will never compliment someone that they are working too fast 
or that they are working too clean. And the reason I would say that is because you could always work cleaner and you could always work faster. I'll compliment you on a lot of other things, but I'll never compliment you on that because you could always be cleaner and you could always be faster. And that applies to everybody. When I set up my station, I always have like, let's just say I'm, you know, peeling carrots or, or something like that. I'll peel on a, either a cafeteria tray or maybe I'll, I'll cut a small piece of parchment paper and clear uh, peel on that so I could keep my workstation clean. And usually I set up uh, a couple of different containers. So something that's directly going into the trash. So I'll put it in that container or something that's can be used for something else. So trim, um, maybe it could go into stock or it could be used as a tartare or whatever. Maybe you could turn beef trimmings into tallow, whatever the case may be. So I, I separate what is going to go directly into, into trash or compost and what can be used and repurposed. So trim or, you know, garbage make sure that you know the difference between the two. And, and obviously your kitchen, you know that, but I never work directly into a garbage bin. And I've said this before in another PSA, uh, when I was a cook, my chef came up to me and he saw me peeling carrots over the, the garbage bin. And he said, you know, wh what are you doing? I said, what are you talking about? And he's like, don't ever work over a garbage bin because only two types of people work over a garbage bin. People that either don't care about food cost because if it falls in, and you leave it there, you don't care about my food cost. But if you take it out, you're gross. He said, so which one are you? Do you not care about my food cost or are you gross? Now, obviously, the argument can be made, well, you could wash it. Of course you can. Of course you can wash it. But are you? why even risk it? Why risk it? Just work clean. You could work over, over something that's not going to fall directly into the garbage bin. So it's just a, a matter of reducing the amount of steps. When I set up my, my station, I always have, you know, the knives that I'm going to use for the day. So in my case, I often use a chef's knife and maybe a petty knife, you know, my, my tweezers, if, if I need them, you know, uh, a cake tester, which I think is, is an invaluable tool, some scissors, whatever the case may be. I have my, my utensil bane. That's going to be out. Everything that I don't need is going to be kept under the station or somewhere else. I, I only want to work with what I have. My towels are nice and folded on my cutting board, or I'm sorry, next to my cutting board. I have sanitation solution. I have everything that I need to do my job efficient. I'm ready for service. As the expression goes, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So think about everything that you need for your line and make sure that it is within arm's reach before service begins. And by the way, if you're 86 something, it's always very important to let whoever's in charge know. So if you're a new line cook, don't be that cook that comes up to your chef in the middle of service after the order has come in and said, chef, by the way, I'm out of the duck. And the chef looks at you and says, we just sold it and say, yeah, I know, but I'm out of the duck. Don't, don't be that person. If you know you're out of it, communicate that as early as possible. Like I said, when writing the prep list, check your proteins first because the dish is 86 without the duck. Some other things for new line cooks to think about is the language that you use. So hot, behind, knife, corner. All those things are the lexicon, the language that a line cook uses or that a cook, a chef working in the, in the kitchen or the front of the house service team. That's the language that you use. And the reason you use that language is because it implies that there is danger. If you bump into me, I'm going to stab you with a knife. I have something hot behind me. If you bump into me, I might dump a pot of boiling water on you, or I'm coming around the corner. You also may be coming around the corner and don't see me. We could crash and have an accident. And when you use these words, it's important that you use a loud voice. No one, no one wants to hear you whisper hot behind, you know, I I've been bumped into, into before 
where someone had a pot of boiling water and they said behind, but I didn't hear them because they didn't use a loud voice and they spilled the boiling water on me. And I was furious. And I would, I would say, use your voice. Like I have no problem with you saying hot loudly behind me versus you burning me. I'd rather, I'd rather you yell in my ear than have a third degree burn. So it's important for new cooks in the kitchen, make sure you use your voice and use it loudly. Now, Another thing that's going to happen throughout service is your chef's going to come up to you or someone's going to come up to you and, and you're going to need to write things down, whether maybe it's a new dish, whether it's a prep list, whether it's just instructions, I need, to, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And the expression is that the worst pen is better than the best memory. And a lot of chefs will tell you that the most important tool that they carry with them is a pen, and that's to write things down. So nothing is worse then when your chef gives you a list of things to do, you weren't paying attention, and then you come back every five minutes, sorry, chef, what else did you want me to do? Sorry, chef, what else did you want me to do? Write it down. I, I know in the past I've said, I'm not gonna give you instructions until you stop, get a pen, and I see that you're writing down because I only wanna say this once. As a, as a line cook, I think it's very important. When someone's giving you directions on you know 10 different tasks, you may have a great memory, but you may not. And by the way, I have a great memory. I was in the uh, United States Memory Championships put on by MIT, um, I think in 2019, and I came in eighth place out of 200. So I'm telling you, I was in a memory competition. I came in eighth out of 200 people put on by MIT, and I still write it down. So unless you were in a memory competition placing first, write it down. Make sure you take clear direction from um, whoever happens to be giving you direction, or you're leaving yourself notes so you know what you need to do next. So remember, like I said, the worst pen is better than the greatest memory. So have a pen, have a notepad, make sure you're taking notes throughout service. Now for line cooks and new cooks, that ticket machine is going to keep printing and, and it's going to go off and it's going to haunt your nightmares and you're going to think about it. And sometimes it's going to get backed up and you're going to run out of paper and you're going to lose tickets. The fact of the matter is, is that's never going to stop. You're going to keep having dreams and nightmares about that and that machine will never stop. So don't sit there and wait for service to get slow and so you could take your foot off the gas. Just be prepared for a busy service. You're in a restaurant that's supposed to make money, most likely. Get out of the idea that being busy is bad. Being busy is good. Being busy pays the bills. Being busy keeps everyone employed. The machine is going to keep printing tickets. Guests are going to keep coming in. And that sound will haunt your, your nightmares. Um, so I, I haven't been a line cook in quite some time, and I've been out of the kitchen for almost a year now, and I still have dreams about the the ticket printer or you know expoing service, reoccurring dreams about running out of food during service. So it doesn't leave you; it stays with you. So um, I, I don't have a solution for that. Maybe um, maybe it needs a different sound because that sound is haunting. Anyway, I digress. Then let's talk about when it's time to close and you're breaking down service. So when you realize there's an opportunity to start cleaning, start cleaning. If you work clean, there's less to clean up at the end of the night. Start your cleanup as soon as you can. Again, depending on where you work, whatever, whatever cleaning service is, maybe you put stuff away. I highly recommend that if you, you should flip your pans at night, if you're taking mise en place from one day to the next, a lot of places don't, a lot of places prep what they need for the day. And at the end of the day, it's gone. But if that's not the case and you move product from one day to the next, flip your containers, you know, uh, your pans, your delis, whatever the case may be, flip your containers into something new. Um, keep it clean. 
leave a prep list for the person coming in on the next shift. If like, like, let's say you work the PM, there's someone coming in in the morning, leave a list for them, what they need for the next day. That's, that's good line cook etiquette is to leave the person set up. You don't, there's nothing worse than coming in after someone is like, fuck, there's nothing on my station. You left me nothing. Like I prepped everything and you left me nothing. And by the way, a lot of, a lot of AM cooks, it's usually the AM team that's pissed off at the PM team for not leaving them any prep, but usually the AM team isn't as busy as the PM team. So anyway, it's like a revolving cycle of anger. The AM team's mad at the PM team because they didn't leave them anything. The PM team's mad at the AM team because they don't do any business. They're both angry. They both have valid points. Anyway, leave them a prep list so that at least they know what they need and try and leave them as set up as possible. Like if you could, if you could get ahead on something that you know when they walk in the next day, they're going to be in the shit. If they don't have it, leave it for them, right? If there's something at the end of service that you recognize is going to be a problem for the next day, communicate that to your chef. So, you know, for example, maybe you're out of fish and there's no fish delivery the next day. Communicate that to your chef at the end of the night. Chef, we ran out of fish and there's no fish for tomorrow. And I know there is no fish delivery tomorrow. That way, if someone has to, you know, make a run to go get it or figure out another solution, they are able to do so. So make sure that you communicate any challenges that you may face. After you're done with all that, break down, scrub down, help anyone that's falling behind. Make sure you don't have any fryer disasters. You know, one of the, I haven't done this as a PSA, but I should, you know, make sure that the when you're filtering the fryer or filling it up, make sure it's either on or off, whichever direction it's supposed to be. Um, nothing worse. And you only have to do this once. I've seen people do it twice where you, you pour in that oil or, or you're, you're draining it and nothing's catching it. Boom, oil all over the floor. That sucks. You only have to do that once and you'll never, ever forget that. But anyway, after you're done breaking down, now this is this is where you are faced with the moral dilemma is, do I go out with my friends and, and uh, you know, have a good time? Or do I go home and get some sleep? I don't know what you're gonna do, but I can tell you from experience, sometimes it's better to not go out. Take care of your health, take care of your mental health, take a break, go home and get some sleep. Kitchen work can be exhausting. And sometimes what you need is you need to be hydrated, you need to eat something good, and you need to get a good night's sleep. And you need a rest. You need to take a hot shower, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a bath, whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's okay to go home. You don't need to go out and party every night. It sounds like a really good idea, but it's a slippery slope. And before you know it, you've been going hard for 10 years. And, you know, cooking is a, a young person's game. You know, your knees start to hurt. Your back starts to hurt. You can't party as hard as you used to, whatever the case may be. It does catch up with you. So, Whenever you have the opportunity to say no and take care of yourself, I highly recommend that you invest in your health. That should be your priority. That should be number one. The healthier you are, the better you'll be at work, the better you'll be for your family, the better you'll be for your friends, and the better you'll be for yourself, really, which is, which is the most important. So anyway, take that in, into consideration. And like I said, this is, these are some tips that will help you as a line cook. I'll get into more of this, but anyway, this is your 101, how to survive as a line cook, line cook survival manual. It's going to be the next book that I write. But anyway, if you want to support the show, leave us five stars on Spotify. I appreciate that or whatever. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us five stars on iTunes. If you want to support the show, there's a link 
in the Spotify notes where you could uh, support the show. You could buy our merch. You could go to chefspsa.com. And I highly recommend that you go to chefspsa.com um, to get the merch versus the store on Instagram because there's a little glitch sometimes on the Instagram store which shows things that aren't available. If just if you're listening to this, do not buy anything that says Lord of the Line Cooks. Um, it doesn't exist. It won't ship it to you. So don't buy that. But I can't take it off and I don't know how. And uh, I've been trying. So anyway, don't buy that. Go get the books, Chef's PSA, How Not to Be the Biggest Idiot in the Kitchen, Chef's PSA, Culinary Leadership Fundamentals. Follow us on all social platforms, and we'll see you next week. Hit the porno music. Mm-hmm.